1: everyone i want to tell you about blue wire hustle a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at blue wire hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start hustle is a perfect place for you as part of the program you'll receive personal cover art Q and A's with blue wires, top podcasters access to our community discord and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll be able to get your show pushed on Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms.
2: And the best part is you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you for just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you wanna grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com backslash join. Check out the description box for the episode to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com join. Oh
1: what up everybody welcome to another episode of the corner podcast Kel Dansby here with the old man Andreas Hale we are recording immediately after the Canelo fight so it's going to be fun getting to really dive in to that one if you guys haven't seen it I don't know where you've been the knockout punch what ended up being a knockout punch the uppercut so beautiful it's all over the internet check it out if you guys haven't already but we'll get to all of that in a second Dre Before Canelo took the ring, before I'd say even the main card started on the zone, there was another battle. Someone that you completely wrote off, and that is in versus. We had SWV versus Xscape, and on this very show, you told me Xscape was going to walk off on them. SWV had nothing for them. I had to dig in my phone. I had to list songs. You were so confident. What happened, Dre? Right? Because that's not how it played out. Bad song
2: selection. That's it. That's the only reason that it was even close. Because you know where Escape actually got SWV when they baited their ass into live singing. That was a bad move by SWV. They shouldn't, they shouldn't live sing anything unless it's Coco.
1: Coco held her own, though. And they were like, Coco, can you hit this note? She was like, got this. <laughs> this went through. Because they knew the rest of them could not hit anything. So Taj fun.
2: and Woo, don't even give them a mic. But escape the only reason why this was close is bad song selection. They didn't like they left so much on the table. And like they they, you know, it, it was an it was kind of an underwhelming uh versus. It started off real slow. Man, I don't even want to talk about the verses until we talk about this DJ. Holy uh, shit. DJ A1. Who is Candy's friend, clearly. And you know, Candy's probably, you know, getting half of his check. Oh God, man, Mother's Day weekend. You have Escape versus SWV. Spinderella's on the other side DJing. One, why is there a dude spinning? It should have just been Spinderella. Just need one DJ. She could have played both. Yeah, two, why do you have this dude? He didn't blend a single song. He was just playing records. And then they didn't even go together. This man had a sequence that went, I'm every woman to 112's Cupid. And I was so mad that this happened because there was no blend. It just it it was so jarring. And then at some point he played like the butt and then he played like he played some cut. And I was like, yo, it's Mother's Day. What are you doing? This the audience for that, my boy. Not the audience for that. That's his fault. He should have known better. Like, you know, Spinderell's playing Ladies Night. Spinderell's playing like women's anthems. Yeah, this is a this is a women's celebration. Why are you even here? And why are you playing? Like he played two chains. I was like, what are you doing? But again, <laughs> he played songs that he didn't blend, like they everything was off. I didn't understand what he was doing. It was like he was battling. There were better fights with his vibes than there were in the in the undercards of both the UFC and the boxing uh shows. This oh, sucked. He was easily terrible.
1: easily. I don't know. I mean, his song choice was bad, right? And as the, his, as was his fashion, that jacket, oh my
2: God, man. Why is this man
1: disrespecting my eyes with this? You not know, just, he laid that out. He laid that out yesterday. He yeah. was like, yo, I'm about to get this fit off on the verses My man, was, oh my poor God. choice. Yo,
2: Kel, Kel, my man said, I'm not going to have just bad song choices. I'm going to have bad fashion. He just, he just did it all. He was like, I'm committed to the gimmick.
1: <laughs> but my biggest pet peeve was, why are you talking over all the tracks? He's like, a
2: Ma-
1: make sure you drop hearts in the chat. Drop hearts in the chat. Oh, who went to HBCU? Put it in the chat. And it was funny. Shout out to AJ Springer. He was like, Dre, are you dropping more house in the chat right now? Like, no what does this guy do? It? He was doing DJ party tricks.
2: wait, it was so bad. Especially when you have people like Scratch who had been killing it the last few verses. You put this clown out there, and I mean. It just almost ruined the entire vibe of the of the entire verses. Like the, the when Scratch was DJing, I was like, you could have just left Scratch out there. I, right, you know, you get D. Why didn't you get D nice? If you're gonna get a dude, yep. why this dude? Give me a woman DJ, man. I feel like what they've that?
1: had D nice once already, though.
2: Yeah, but I am saying, like, get somebody if you're gonna get a dude on Mother's Day weekend to DJ in all female RB battle, get a top-tier. Male DJ, not Candy's
1: friend. Yeah, I mean Spinderella was perfect. That was yeah, a perfect yeah. choice, regardless of whatever her set was. Even though <laughs> I she mean, didn't she didn't do no damn records either. No, no, but she had like some good song choices. Yeah. She had like LL back to back. She she had some good songs. She was like within the times, you know, late '80s, early '90s, women's anthems. Like she she understood what her job was. I don't think A1
2: did. Mans didn't know the assignment, just like Escape. So we'll talk about this about Escape, X- listen, man, Escape, they sounded phenomenal. Whenever they would sing, I was like, wow, they, they still sound really good. When it came down to song choices, and especially with the deep, the, the fact they pull out a couple cheat codes, like Bills, 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 Candy pulls that out. But it felt like they just left so much on the table.
1: Oh, she had the brat perform live. Yeah.
2: yeah. They did, did they... the remakes.
1: That hold was on, dope. hold on.
2: You have to remind me. Did they do Just Kicking It? No. How do you not do Just Kicking It? I don't think so. I don't, unless this happened. Somebody's going to correct us. Unless this happened at the end, because at the very end, the Canelo fight was getting ready to start. So I was like, all right, let me switch this up. But they were doing Understanding. And I was like, that's okay. But I, where's Just Kicking It? That's your song. Where's the rain? Where what are you doing? I did not understand Escape's song choices at any point during this battle. Like, even if it was a celebration more than a battle, they left their hits on the table. Yeah. Strange strange song choices.
1: I mean, SWV got to all of their stuff and snuck a couple in.
2: I mean, they, the catalog isn't even as deep. Like, they had some joints, like, I was like, all right,
1: The Coco Solo song, was that Sunshine? Was pretty dope.
2: Yeah, I mean that's the cocoa sunshine is, is pretty dope. I'm just saying, like the, the catalog runs relatively thin. And it was just like at some point, I was just like, yo, XK, what are you doing? Play some Like it felt like it when as soon as Candy was like, Oh, I'm gonna do bills, bills, bills. I was like, Oh, they're in trouble. Because all she could do now is just she could play no scrubs, didn't do that. She like, did. She, did she? Oh yeah, yep, she did. It was, she, she did bills uh, bills bills and no scrubs. She was like
1: 18, yeah. You're right,
2: she did that. And then like SWV did Men in Black. And I was like,
1: wait (laughs) a second, (laughs) what is going on here? You can can raw off with this battle if you want to.
0: Yeah, that was probably
1: the only misstep. Outside of that, I think they kind of walked off with the battle, like going back and forth. They did what they had to do. And the whole time it felt like escape was chasing them. Then there's, you know, the looming aspect of uh, Tiny's legal battles, which everyone constantly want to bring up. Uh, so, I mean, it was rough, man. It was rough. I'm looking at the the list, Escaped. to What's Up, fourth round. Did Escape Do feel so good? I'm looking right now. I don't see feel so good in the first half at all. No, I, I um, don't. Did they do Who Can I Run To? I'm trying to remember. I'm sure know. they did. I don't mean, look they, they look had, had to have done to. Who Can I Run To? Look it up. I
2: don't they did my little secret didn't they
1: who can I run to was 19 okay understanding okay. was 20 to close it out but they didn't do just kicking it no
2: <laughs> what <laughs> what how? how how that's your biggest song
1: yeah I'm, I'm going through they did not do it at all she played the e40 you and that oh. Mike <laughs>
2: that your dog there is no battle where you do not play your biggest song I don't care how much you may not like that song anymore it's your biggest song that's the song that you are known for and did they do my little secret I asked you this I can't remember what you said no I mean I thought that was 19 no I thought I, you said um who can I run to is 19
1: oh you might be right let me check again they close
2: out with who can I run to and understand. Because they,
1: they did yep. who can yeah, I run Yeah, no. Run? So, Mido's, my- nope, no, 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 not on here.
2: This, dude, there's no way that you do this without just kicking it. That is a trump card. That Yo. is the big joker. Song choices, man. Sorry, Song <laughs> that choices. That hurts. They got caught up. They got lost in the sauce. They got lost in candy sauce, man. I'm blaming candy. If it was anybody- all about candy. Yeah, I have to blame
1: Kim. I just... Oh, man. Damn, they left a lot on the table.
2: Hey, you and when mean, they
1: did sing, like, you were right. Like, it was great. Crazy. Why didn't they sing for, like, the first 13 songs? They had the mics. They just didn't
2: use them. Uh, yeah. I mean, they could have... No, they could have even played Bow Wow's Bounce with me. And people would be like, oh, yeah, I forgot about this. Like, they could have done that, but they Ooh, didn't. that was dope. Yeah. They didn't. They just... They left a lot. That that was leaving a lot of money on the table. That was like they were folding with it with a handful of cards. Yeah, so they yeah. didn't play that. Like <laughs> SWV plays anything. SWV play the Right Here Remix, which you have to play. Like you, if SWV didn't play Right Here, people were like, "What is wrong with you?" And that's how I'm looking at Escape. You didn't play just kicking it. What is wrong with you? How do you not play this song? Yeah, they're bugging. Even if it's not again, if it's not a battle. That's what the people want to hear. Like, their catalog's not that deep. No, they the just played, they build. played
1: Just Kicking It. Just found it. Where? Round eight. They pump faked into, um, like, a commercial break. And they're like, no, we're not taking a commercial break yet. And then came back and did Just Kicking It. Shouted out Jermaine Dupree. They're like, I yo, Jermaine, what up? Yeah. Um, they got, like, a full breakdown. Shout out to Billboard. And it was like, Jermaine looked past what we looked like back then and gave us a deal and then went into just kicking it. Wait, and do remember Jermaine S- going up there. Yeah, and then SWV returned with, you're the one. so Which is a jam. Yeah, it was dope, but it, they took the L. Yeah, it, either way. Oh my see, God, Billboard, who did rankings for all of this, gave SWV that round. You're the one over just kicking. Yeah, no, you can't do that. <laughs> it's blasphemous.
2: Um, yeah, you know, I mean, ultimately, these things, these verses are—they're are, tough because you know they become like celebrations more than actual battles. I just felt like with escape, I, I felt like ah, you guys—the in this was a bad playlist, right? Like it's just a bad order. So, like SWV started off shaky, and then they were just like, "All right, let's just play the hits," and they just played the hits, and I was like, "Cool." And then they would like put a song in there, and I was like, mm, "I don't think play that." But nevertheless, um, I mean, I'm sure people were happy. Fans of both groups were happy to see them. It's good to see Escape sounding good. Everybody except for Tiny, clearly. Nobody wanted to see Tiny. But No, no, no. But they did a good job kind of hiding Tiny. She wasn't like a huge part. You can't mm-hmm. hide Tiny. Have you seen Droopy Dog? She looks like <laughs> Droopy Dog. <laughs> Don't do that to Tiny. Why not? She did it to herself. Her face has had work. She looks like Droopy Dog. She
1: kind of always looked like that, but she's but definitely. Worse now. Yeah, she took a, it to the next level. The fake eye color throws me off.
2: Yeah, the fake eye color, the lips are all puffed up, and like her face is like sagging now. But it's sagging in a way that the, the surgery is like trying to hold
1: certain pieces of it up. She looks like Droopy Dog. Listen, don't have T.I. come for us on our podcast. <laughs> our podcast. I mean, he, is, he sees is, everything. He'd be, he be on it for his wife. I, yeah he Tamika. gonna be on
2: it they're gonna be uh sharing a cell if yeah. they keep playing allegedly allegedly i know allegedly but man
1: they had so many accusers like you can't just ton, ignore this a ton i don't bro it, it doesn't it doesn't look good nah, <laughs> just, man. the optics are poor very so it was it's as poor as their song choice Damn, and like, dj it's, a1 it's, song selection Escape didn't do keep
2: on keep uh keep on keeping on, with MC Light. Why did not you do that?
1: Oh, because they had to get Candy's riding spots. <laughs> but I'm saying they
2: chose no. What was it? What, what what song did you say they played? It was a Candy.
1: It was whack. Oh no, I didn't say the whack one. They played the um, the Bay Area joint, like E40. Yes. That was unnecessary.
2: Yeah, there was another one that was it. It's just. This poor song choice. Nevertheless, they sounded good. Coco is sister with voice because they are not sisters with voices anymore. It's Coco. Coco and them. No respect to Lily and Taz because, they, you know, they were a group. and They harmonized here and there. But this that group is always about Coco. There were people that were like, oh, SWUs, blow them out the water saying, I was like, no, Coco was amazing. That's but a lot of girl groups. That's a lot of groups, period where someone just stands out above them it's I mean, not just th- them no if you did a if you did a destiny child versus anybody battle it's just really before michelle it's just mm. beyonce and kelly the other you know other it didn't matter who else was Nah, no, and they gave michelle sure. like some joints she never really fit for me
1: like i never no. understood that
2: you didn't need it was it was a very beyonce dominant group but kelly kelly was like in boys and men you had uh wanye and Sean. And yeah, Nate as well. But he was like the, Kelly's like Deshaun Stockman. Like she could hold the note. She could do like Kelly could sing. But it was a very Beyonce dominant group. But the other two, you didn't need them. Boys and Men was like a four part harmony, so you needed everybody in that group. But like SWV was very Coco dominant because I don't remember Taj and Lily singing lead. And if I if they did, I didn't like it. <laughs> so I, you know I don't I don't know. Escape they all sang, all of them sang lead at a certain point. Sounded yeah. really good.
1: Just bad song choices. No, I Bad song I selection, but the I order of the songs you, they picked. I told you it wasn't going to go how you thought it was going to go. Okay. SWV had, had enough. Enough to hang regardless. And that's with, with Candy trying to cheat and bring in the writing joints. At first, I was like, yo, if she brings the one she writes, it's going to be a rap." But even when she it brought them up, the energy wasn't there behind it. I'm just that's
2: their that's what I'm saying. It's not the catalog that killed him, it's the playlist that killed them. The playlist killed them. And it's, it's SWV played the right songs at the right time in the right order, where it felt like, all right, cool. Even if they didn't sound all that great together, it was just the right songs at the right time. And when Escape would come back with a song, it was just like it was like DJ A1. You play songs like, Why is he? why are you playing this right now? That's how Escape's playlist sounded to me. So yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't the walk-off
1: that I thought it was going to be. But I, I'm going to blame Candy Burris. <laughs> Candy gets all the blame there. Um, no, nah, yeah, man, that's that was our night before the fights. Let's hit our first break because when we come back, tons to talk about with this Canelo card. So you guys don't go anywhere. We'll be right back talking boxing, finishing up with the little UFC after that. All right, now we are back. Time to talk boxing. As good or bad as the versus was at points, the night still belonged to boxing. It belonged to Canelo Alvarez, but it wasn't just him. We had the beginning of the card, the beginning of the main card. They had good prospects early on in the card. That was dope. Uh, The Davis brothers, it was good to see them fight uh, Mark the Boxer, young kid who's really dope. He fought on the undercard. But when we got to the main card, I was like, man, on paper, this looks really good. You touched on it earlier. This in the UFC card early on, a little hard to watch. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't good. We had, um, well, we kicked it off with a heavyweight fight on the card. And I was like, cool. You really can't go wrong kicking it off with the heavyweights on the Canelo card, giving people some shine. Oh, how I was wrong. Frank Sanchez is the dude I lost his name on the last episode, but he's the young Cuban heavyweight fighter that trains with team Canelo. And uh, when we were talking about up and coming heavyweights, so it's like perfect, perfect card to put him on to showcase. He didn't look great out the gate. And then of course his opponent then takes a punch, maybe a phantom punch to the back of the head and sells the shit. Like he got shot. He sold it like current on the ground, writhing in pain. They're trying to help him up, pull his arms up. He won't get up. Honestly, I was expecting a kip up at some point and to just continue the fight like nothing happened. It was mind boggling how this fight ended. I was like, damn, such a waste for Frank Sanchez, who looks 40, but is listed at 24 years old. He's the next one. He's the next Luis Ortiz. This man ain't 24. Bro, somebody lying. (laughs) Ain't no way. (laughs) Ain't no way. Come on, guys. Grown-ass man. So that fight ends in disappointing fashion. And then um, the co-main, also a very good fight. The ref stops it early. Yeah, Elwin Soto against Takeyama. Takeyama is
2: a Japanese boxing legend for a lot of people, but he has only fought twice in the last five years, and he took some time to try to go back to the amateurs to do some Olympic boxing and returned. He's old, long in the tooth, took a lot of punishment early. And I remember in my head, I was like, oh, this fight's going to end early. Elwin Soto's going to kill him. But takiyama started fighting back. He was like, yo, if I'm going out, I'm going out on my shield. And was throwing punches. Now, granted, they could have stopped this fight a lot earlier because it felt like he was going to take a lot of punishment. Yep. But then inexplicably, in the middle of an exchange, that is actually looking decent because he started climbing back into the fight, he, referee just stops the fight.
1: Steps like, right in. Takeyama shadow boxing afterwards, while they're reading the decision, he's like, yo, I can go another
2: 12. I just like, man, you, again, Takeyama is a boxing legend in Japan. You let that man fight until you see him in trouble. At no point in that round was he in trouble. Why did I, this was absurd. That was, that was a bad stoppage. Real bad. Real, this
1: undercard sucked. It wasn't good. And it was a lot of weird circumstances that made it very poor, but that then beats the breaks. So I was like, man, I'm glad I had the verses, right? I'm glad like we had something to take our mind off of the undercard. The UFC wasn't much better at all. So I was like, cool. I turned it up. We get these crazy elaborate entrances, Canelo's especially, like the full mariachi band, like a mariachi legend singing them to the ring. This shit was dope. Everyone's out there. Canelo comes up. Dolce and Gabon it out. Uh, One thing that stood out to me immediately, 70,000 fans watching a fight is nuts. Yeah, it looks scary. It's crazier now. That was really 70,000 people. Shoulder to shoulder. Maskless. Mask? I'm looking at Tyson Fury in there like, yo, you about to fuck up the bag, aren't you? god damn this is
2: and the crazy thing is like there's still people that are like yo, COVID's over right like that's how these people act and you know not to talk UFC too prematurely but they just lost a fight because of COVID they literally lost uh, poor Angie Hill who always has a fight fall out at any given time lost the Amanda Rebus fight because Rebus got popped for COVID the day of the goddamn fight COVID's not gone people like if you're gonna be 70,000 chest to chest in an arena that's closed where COVID can just circulate through the air system, wear a mask. I know they're not vaccinated. I know 70,000 people in that building aren't vaccinated.
1: No, it's Texas, sir. (laughs) And
2: and, and you know what the crazy thing is, you know, not to go too deep into COVID all over again, because I know some of y'all are like fuck COVID, but the strange thing about this is there are so many people who have had COVID that we find out later now. Canelo had COVID. Yep. Don't tell anybody, Kamara Usman had COVID. Didn't tell anybody. If they're not telling people, what do you think those people in that
1: arena are doing? I don't know. Canelo talking about that and talking about like Chepo almost died from COVID.
2: It's like yo, and I'll be like yo, I'm not fighting with all these people not wearing masks. What are you nuts? Yeah, something got to
1: give. At least a mask, like something. No, everyone just willy-nilly. We went from zero to hundred quick. Yeah, man, that's scary. So I, I guess COVID had a one-year expiration date. March came up again, April came up again. They're like, Yeah, we're tired of this shit. That's only that's
2: that's exactly what happened. People got tired of COVID. People's like, listen, COVID, you can't dominate my life. <laughs> I was uh, like, wait a second, yeah, hold on, man.
1: Like we gave you a year. That's all you
2: get. Yeah. Now we're in it. We're going to enjoy our lives. Look at us. And I'm like, yo, look at y'all. Y'all are y'all crazy. And then oh, yeah. people, and you know, people that are, I, man, the UFC cats come into my mentions, crazy. You can live scared if you want to. <laughs> that's <laughs> I like head. that
1: accent. Yeah, That's pretty spot on.
2: <laughs> you know, rooting, tooting, you can live scared if you want to. I'm going to show up to this fight. Yeehaw. Like, that's how I feel like they're in my mentions. And I'm like, yo, chill, like. I don't I keep saying it. I don't like to get sick. Yeah. Like, uh-huh. Forget it. If there's an opportunity for me to get sick, I'll pass. If you're telling me that there's a highly contagious thing out there and I can get sick, yeah, I'm good. I'm okay. I don't need do 70,000 people? Nah, I'm okay. Nah, I ain't ready for that yet. No. I'm good. 73,000 people. They broke the record for indoor attendance for a boxing match in the United States in the middle of a, well, the tail end of a pandemic
1: stood for 40 years you think you could have waited just a little while ah,
2: yeah. there
1: wasn't yeah there was there was no rush but nope I mean the fans got their money's worth at least yeah they- if, if this is like the first event in a year and people needed an itch to scratch like this is the one to do it at so congrats I guess to them to match matchroom all of them and then that brings us to the fight itself so the main event, We have Canelo, Billy Joe there in the ring. Starts off kind of how we anticipated, right? It's Billy Joe Saunders' jab versus Canelo's body work, which you called out, um, man, early. Even before you did your By the Numbers article. Yep. Body work, body work, body work. So it started off like that. The fight changed around round four. No longer was Canelo just cornering Billy Joe Saunders, getting easy body shots. Billy Joe started moving around more, kept his hands down in part to make it easier to block the body shots, but also looked a little more swaggy with it, a little more comfortable. And he was throwing the jab still and landing the jab still, but he was putting combinations together. He was smartly letting his hands go. So Canelo took a couple of rounds to adjust to that. I don't agree with Chris Maddox on the broadcast who had Billy Joe Saunders winning five rounds in a row.
2: Maddox was bugging. Yeah, I
1: was like, like, Maddox, I don't know what you're watching. Like, I I give them back-to-back, like, fourth and fifth, but Canelo probably gets the sixth, seventh. Like, Billy Joe maybe gets the seventh. Canelo gets the eighth. Like, I had it 3-3 after six. And through eight, I could see it 4-4. But I probably had it 5-3 Canelo. And yeah, it's six two. okay. Yeah. Like that's listen, legit. The judges, by the way, agreed with you and I on the cards when the fight, you know, ended, but we're going through and everyone's like Billy Joe Saunders looks really good. And we're getting to the point much like we were in the prime of Floyd Mayweather, like the Maidana fight, where if you look better than we thought you were going to look, or if you just look competent, against Canelo and it was against Mayweather people will give you rounds in their head or say my Donna beat Floyd or "Oh, this person was beating Floyd." No, like that fight wasn't close if you're objective, but now we're, we're judging Canelo's greatness by his past greatness. So he's running over all these other champions. So if, if Billy Joe Saunders looks remotely competent, yo, that's his round. He actually landed some punches, <laughs> which is stupid, <laughs> but the output still wasn't high, which you said was his big problem. Yes. And so he going through the fight, output's still not high. Okay. But he's hanging around. We hit the eighth round. And at that point, Canelo's was like, got it, figured it out, And which him shout out to him anyway. No. So that's what they said immediately, like off rip all week. No eighth, ninth round. We're going to take him out of there. And they never really give predictions. They're confident, eighth round comes. Canelo figures it out. If I do this, he does that. If I step in twice with my lead leg and try to pin his inside, his uh outside foot inside of mine, he's gonna duck down when I punch. He doesn't want me to go with the overhand right. He's just gonna bend over at the waist and try to get away from it. Got it. He did that twice. Billy Joe did it. After that for the last two minutes of the eighth round, serving Billy Joe, uppercuts every time he bent down at the waist. One of those uppercuts with like a minute left lands right on Billy Joe Saunders' eye. And that's all she wrote. Billy Joe tufts it out, doesn't go to the ground, nothing like that. But Canelo, at that point, he lands the uppercut, steps back, picks up both arms, signals to the crowd, let's go, get louder. No fear that Billy Joe was gonna throw anything back at him. Boom, piece up Billy Joe twice, two-piece. Waves his arm again, one arm. Crowd, get louder. The crowd's going nuts. The fans are going nuts. Supremely confident. They go back to the corners. Canelo tells Eddie Reynoso, he ain't coming back out. I broke his face. He felt it when it happened. It started showboating, taunting, went back to the corner. It was like, that's it. Lo and behold, fight's called off. Billy Joe Saunders, after to fight, ends up being transported to hospital, possible broken orbital. Canelo knew it. TKO, round eight. Uh, (laughs) Good job changing your prediction this week.
2: Yeah, I told you. Look, man, I said it. I was like, you're pissing off the wrong person right now. Like, he, he was poking the bear from the outside of the cage but didn't realize the cage door was open and the bear could get him if he wanted to. And that's exactly what happened. I called it this week. When this fight was first announced, I was like, ah, Canelo by decision. He'll just outbox him. He, he's just, he's better than him. He's just a better fighter. Saunders doesn't punch enough. He he gets tired late. Like, I, I'm not concerned with it. I think Canelo wins, win, but it'll be a good fight early. I said that always from the beginning. It'll be a good fight early. As soon as Saunders started taunting Canelo and the ring size thing and talking shit, I was like, oh, no. Canelo likes this. But like I said in the last show, Canelo negotiated the release of his kidnapped brother before a fight. There is nothing you can say to that man that he'll be like, oh man, he's getting in my head. Can you imagine, Kel, can you imagine your wife being kidnapped the week you got a fight and you stay in the fight and negotiate the release of your wife and then go get the knockout?
1: Nah, (laughs) it's the focus, the ability to compartmentalize like it. It's incredible how disciplined he is
2: it's frightening but and what i said was as soon as he pissed him off i said canelo's just gonna pressure him he's going to pressure him from the beginning because there's nothing that billy joe saunders can do to keep canelo off him nothing nothing he can't land anything and when i did the bottom numbers i pointed out saunders only has four knockouts in his last 15 fights against bums there's no way he can keep canelo off him what did canelo do went to the body pressured him pressure bust pipes at a certain point, I don't know what Mannix was watching. Sergio Mora, too. Both of them, are my boys. I'm cool with both these guys.
1: They're gonna text message for me. I don't know what you guys were watching. <laughs> they got caught up in the in the hysteria and the wanting a competitive fight.
2: Yeah, because I'm watching this fight and I'm like, nah. Like I gave the first round of Canelo because I was like, yo, Canelo's landing the more significant punches. These punches are landing with a thud. They're not landing with like pip pip. That's how a Billy Joe shots landed. And I'm not even saying that Billy Joe fought a bad fight. He fought his fight. Canelo's just a better fighter. Yeah. He's just, he's the best pound for pound boxer on the planet, hands down. There's nothing that you can do to that man unless you can make him respect your power. That's it. And if Golovkin couldn't do it, Canelo walked Golovkin down in the rematch. He met him in the middle of the ring, which was insane. For a lot, because nobody did that to Triple G. Nobody. Canelo did it. Even if I still had him losing that fight, that's what he did. So this Billy Joe is no, he was he made it a point that he was gonna knock that man out. Yep. I said, I told y'all, he's turning a corner in terms of his, his overall global superstar. He understands like it's not just about fighting anymore. It's not just about winning fights. It's doing interviews in English, it's being entertaining. If anybody watched his interviews this week with uh, I forgot his name, Graham something where he takes him through the, the mansion and he's showing him his dancing Tesla. I was like, Canelo's figured this shit out.
1: Oh, that was very Floyd Mayweather-like, right? Like the yeah. uh, Floyd, when he took uh, Stephen A around and he was around Vegas and everything, that might have been for the Canelo fight.
2: Yeah, or yeah. for
1: the Pacquiao fight, maybe. Yeah, it, like, it was very Floyd-like. Canelo was giving a glimpse into who he is. Showed him about
2: golfing, go-karts. He had pictures of his family. Like Canelo was very guarded and stoic. Now Canelo's opening up. But also what comes with it, he has an opponent that tossed him. And Canelo's was like, this is the perfect recipe. I'm going to knock this motherfucker out. Because there's nothing people like more than a knockout. And he did just that. I said it was going to be a late-round stoppage. I didn't know he's going to break his over the bone and make him, you know, quit on the stool, retire on the stool, call it what you want. He broke his face. That's <laughs> – what he you Broke
1: his face.
2: How do you beat this man? I, I just – I don't see anybody beating Canelo – right now. I don't see any, I, like, people's like, Charlo, get the
1: fuck out of here. Charlo get abused by Canelo. I mean, Caleb Plant defensively is good. I he doesn't sit down on his punches enough. You No. You have to have power and say the hell with it and walk him down like Triple G. The problem yeah. is you also gotta have a chin with that power.
2: Right, and Triple G had, like, there were so many people that that it was like, Triple G was like, I'm like, listen, man, Triple G's got arguably the best chin in boxing. Chin? Man it takes anything. Doesn't matter. He enjoys getting punched in the face. It just charges him up. And Canelo was hitting him with some shots. Triple G was like, cool. Which is absurd. <laughs> what I didn't know when we had that, that fight happen is that Canelo could take a shot. Nothing hurts Canelo anymore. Like people act like, like Billy Joson is not a big puncher. Daniel Jacobs is a pretty big puncher. Sergey Kovalev, big puncher, right? Triple G, obviously, big puncher. Kyle Smith is a pretty big puncher. None of them could phase Canelo. And if you can't phase that man and keep him from walking you down with his excellent A1 body shots, that like this man throws hooks to the body like nobody's business. Maybe between what Triple G used to do to the body and Canelo's, I mean, not Canelo, Koto's left hook to the body. There have been very few that work the body as well as Canelo does. And he knew it. He had to slow Saunders down. If I hit him with yep. the body, them hands are going to come down. He can't move as much. And in that eighth round, he hit him with a few shots of the body, but he caught him. He kept targeting that uppercut and he landed it. And Billy Joe Saunders nodded like, yep, you got me, motherfucker. That hurt.
1: Yep. And it, he had caught him a couple times beforehand, but at least – which, you know, <laughs> it's a horrible thing to say, but it would catch him on the chin, and Saunders can, like – Tuck his chin when he was going down, so he wouldn't get like knocked out. But he feel it. The up, the last one landing on the eye. There's no way to protect your eye. Nah,
2: he was done. Man was done for.
1: I'm watching it right now, and I put up on ESPN Ringside earlier in the week a carousel highlighting Canelo's counter uppercut because he's thrown it. He's landed it in his last three fights, effortlessly. Hit Billy Joe Saunders, or excuse me, he hit uh, Daniel Jacobs with that shit. Yilderum. All that, like everyone falls for the same counter uppercut. You throw and you overextend on the right hook. He steps back, lets you swing, undercut, un- uppercut, I can't speak, uppercut comes right underneath it. It's a wrap. So constantly past three or four fights, he's added this tool. And I was like, "Yo, Billy, jo- Billy Joe Saunders can't be dumb enough to be hit by the same uppercut. Lo and behold, he was dumb enough. It's not even being dumb enough. The problem is, is that Canelo sets
2: it up so well. Because what Canelo did in this fight, it was almost similar in a way that he fought Kovalev, but he was a little busier in this fight. Mm. Is that he came out from the opening bell sitting on his punches? Because he was like, the only reason that Canelo would do that is because he's not worried about what's coming back. He can sit on his punches. Yeah, go ahead, try to count me if you want, it's not gonna do anything. So he sat on his punches from the opening bell, and at that point if you look early in the fight, there there was a digging jab that Canelo would throw to the body. And Saunders would like double over. It wasn't hurting him, but it was, it stabs you. And at a certain point, your your hands start coming down. In in order to avoid that, you have to hunch over to get it, because you have to cover up. You can't just put your hands down. You have to make the target smaller. And when you do that, what do you leave open? Your face for the uppercut. There's really nothing you can do about it. And Billy Joe Saunders is really good defensively. But you can't absorb that type of punishment for 12 rounds. You just can't. That man was sitting on his punches disrespectfully because Billy Joe Saunders talked that shit. It would have been a nice little boxing match until Billy Joe Saunders started talking. Chepo, Eddie Reynoso was like, "Mm we're going to knock this motherfucker out. Canola's like, yep. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to finish this motherfucker off. Listen, Canola wins. He's one step away from being the first undisputed super middleweight champion of the world. He has, he calls out Caleb Plant immediately. He says, that's what I want next. The question is, is there any question that Cano's the number one pound-for-pound pound fighter in the world?
1: No question at all. I mean, he was my pound-for-pound pound already. One step away from being undisputed in that division? Yeah, you can't can't question. Four-division four champion. I want to make this point. I want to make this
2: point, and I'm going to let you continue. Not only is he chasing to be undisputed, he's going to do it in less than a year. He yeah. won the WBC title in December, the WBC and WBA in December, WBO in May, and he's targeting Caleb Plant for September. Already he- has a title defense of one of them as well. <laughs> yes. This man will be the undisputed super middleweight champion if Caleb Plant takes the fight in September, which he'd be a fool not to, unless Heyman's like, don't fuck, no. I don't see, there's no other options for him except for unless it's no. And ha- Heyman's
1: not going to get that much money in a Caleb Plant fight ever again. So no. I don't know why Heyman would say no. Plant would have to fight 40 times
2: so to, man, to
1: even equal that payout. So, and I'm going to let you continue. So, your man is planning to be the undisputed
2: super middleweight champion in nine months. <laughs> That's
1: nuts. Wild. And looking at it, listen, Caleb Plant's a very good fighter. I wouldn't take him to beat Canelo. We ran down the list of some of the people um, that are kind of in the realm of threatening him. At this point, the only one with the tool set that I can see even giving Canelo a challenge is Benavidez. Yeah. Because the output is there to do what Triple G did. But is his chin Triple G's? And he and look, David Benavides has a hell of a chin, but you know
2: where David Benavides is kind of suspect defensively. The body, the body oh, defen- though. Yes, the, the body's a little a little soft, a little yeah. soft. But defensively, in general, Benavides' offense is his defense. Yeah, like Caleb Plant is good. His footwork is really good. His upper body movement very solid. David Benavides, he doesn't really move that much. His head, his head kind of moves, stays on the line a little bit. There's really nowhere um, for Benavides to go because he's so big. And he throws so many punches. He hits hard. Could give Canelo problems. It's it's the best shot. It's the only person I can see at 68 giving Canelo real problems. I like you said. I like Caleb Plant too. I like him as a person. I think he's a good dude. He's a good fighter.
1: Great story.
2: Fantastic story. I think he's a great fighter. He's a good dude. Um, he's 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 shown that he can be entertaining. But this is the best pound-for-pound fighter in the world. The only person in my mind that could give Canelo problems, like, honestly, I need to see if Spence could get up to 68, which Spence is a year older than Canelo. Yeah. You got to try to do this. He's a big 47, though. 47, 54 is easy. 60, 68, I don't know. That's, That's a lot of weight classes. I don't even know if better BF could give him a problem. Better BF can punch. But shit,
1: Canelo likes this. <laughs> yeah, that's – it's tough. Better BF again when – when was it? Not this last night, the fight before. He got hit a lot. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. These guys, they, they get hit a lot. Canelo has the best defense of anyone at 68 and 75.
2: Uh, dude, I outlined it nobody's hit landed more than 20% of their punches on Canelo since Golovkin for that Lara landed 28%. That's it's such, it's so low. It's so low. And it's like in, in this fight, Saunders landed close to 20%. I think he landed 20%, mostly jabs, but that's a lot of stuff is just Canelo walking them down. It wasn't like, and then you look at power punches, Canelo owned that department.
1: What, what do you do to beat this man? Pfft, up on his toe. You got to make it real ugly. Something like low blow, headbutts. I don't know. Then you're just going to piss him off and he just might knock you out faster. So here's an interesting
2: question because I want to see how this plays out. So we Canelo is currently the number one pound-for-pound fighter in the world. We agree on that. There's no question about that. If Canelo becomes undisputed champion in 68, and let's just say maybe he hangs around. Maybe he sees, you know, maybe Charlo comes up and fights him. Maybe fights Benavidez. Let's say Charlo, Benavidez. Let's just say Errol Spence comes up to fight him. Errol Spence goes through two divisions, grabs some titles, gets up to sixty eight, fights Canelo, and he loses. Over the next five to six years, okay. Canelo stays undefeated. Will people say he's better than Floyd?
1: yeah like career wise
2: yeah even though he lost to floyd
1: do you think people if people will will. is he better than floyd no i mean that's that's my hell of a run The Spence fight that that's a great notch on the resume right but if we're keeping it real like in the grand history of the sport billy joe saunders name isn't gonna ring bells like here what um Callum Smith isn't going to ring bells. Triple G fights will look really good and those are contested. So in the grand scheme of his career, Mayweather beat like 15, 16 world champions in a row. I mean, he has the Delahoyas. He has the the Mosley, the Pacquiao, the Canuck. No, like no one's catching that resume. No one. It's what he did was... Incredible! I just posted the on this day for Corrales. um, Shit, I don't know why I'm drawing the blank, but it was the Corrales on this day of amazing Castillo. Castillo, Uh, like two days ago, Floyd has wins over both. Like, there's it's hard to find someone of that era who was a dynamo that Floyd didn't beat. No, no, he's not. He's never catching Floyd. So I'm I don't care. There's a, not enough names for him to catch Floyd. I'm going to play devil's advocate
2: right here, just for the fun of it, because I, yeah. I agree. The biggest argument against Floyd Mayweather has been when he has fought these guys. Even though people don't give him enough credit for the Shane Mosley fight, because Shane had just be Margarito, they look at Floyd's resume and they say he fought Pacquiao late. Not really Floyd's fault. We've said this before, but he Pacquiao wasn't Pacquiao. Yeah. He wasn't that indestructible force. Robert Guerrero, doesn't ring any bells. Victor Ortiz, mm-mm, nope. Even Marcos Maidana, you're like, he lost to Khan. So when you start running that Andre Berto, mm. so you look at Canelo's resume and the true Triple G fights, yes, they are contested. But if Canelo were to become undisputed at 68 and win all these fights, I can see people saying, well, he Canelo's fighting everybody in the prime. I could like if he fought Charles, like there'll be a list of people if Canelo were to do this. There's a list of people that Floyd didn't fight. And and (sighs) as he got as he got later in his career, in all fairness, Floyd is more, more about money than he is legacy. And I don't have a problem with it. He's the best businessman in boxing. But there's a reason why people he's 50-0 and 0 and not the greatest fighter of all time, because there's certain people he just didn't fight. He never fought Miguel. Well, he fought Miguel Cotto. He didn't fight Pacquiao in his prime. Miguel Cotto wasn't the same Miguel Cotto, is what people will say. He didn't fight any of the young fighters outside of Canelo that people were like, oh, Keith Thurman or Errol Sp-. like, he didn't fight them. No matter the reason, I agree. Like, I, I'm not mad at anything that Floyd did. But if Canelo were to win out and become undisputed and beat Errol Spence, beat another pound-for-pound fighter, there's going to be people that are going to say Canelo's better than Floyd.
1: Again, I think people want that to be the case. Like, they want to say that. Of course objectively, you can say Floyd didn't fight people, but I, I just don't think that's true. He didn't fight maybe some of the young names, and I know you listed it out, but a lot of those people were coming up while he was already at his peak. Like It's hard to tell someone to reach back down and fight someone that you think is going to be great in 10 years. He did that with Canelo. Was he supposed to do that with Spence and Bud and uh, Thurman? Like oh, like You can't reach down and fight all of the young guys. Um, so that's... That's tough. Throughout like, his career, he fought everyone. He just didn't fight him when people wanted him to
2: fight them. Well, he didn't because he didn't fight Margarito when Margarito was the top rank. And that's when he bought himself out of his contract.
1: Yes. He didn't I fight
2: Shane. Was he going to do that?
1: Like, no, he fought
2: Shane.
1: No, no, no. I'm saying when they were both smaller, he didn't no, fight Shane. He didn't fight people when you wanted him to fight people. Or, I mean, you know, the, the vast majority of people wanted Let's be honest. In their prime. Yeah. He, he, he picked people... At the
2: correct time but he got him he did and i mean it looks good on paper but i mean i'm just saying i i agree i could just see this argument happening because here's my argument when people say that like y'all like like floyd's a spring chicken i don't people never give <laughs> floyd credit. with these people <laughs> yeah <laughs> people never give floyd credit for aging and being just as sharp nobody ever does that Everybody goes, well, they were watching so, well, what about Floyd? He's just as older, older as them. Yep. That, that's not his fault. I, that's always going to be my argument. And Floyd has always been incredible defensively. And he made Canelo like a complete fool. Now, granted, Canelo's so much better now. But he fought him at the right time. And it wasn't, and I don't, I don't do that argument where people say, well, Canelo was like young. Yo, Canelo was, Floyd wasn't supposed to fight Canelo like that fight people were like canelo people said floyd wasn't going to fight canelo and here's the fun part about it when floyd signed that deal and he fought robert guerrero first i remember this showtime was like hey man you got to fight somebody with the name we got to get our money back (laughs) cool canelo and people like what he had to fight somebody Victor Ortiz wasn't going to do it. Come on, man. Victor Ortiz. Do you, you, you remember this? Like, like these I remember names? the talks for that. Yeah. It was like Vic, when he fought Victor Ortiz, and the only reason that Victor Ortiz got the fight is because he beat Andre Berto, because Berto was supposed to get that fight. And yep. people thought Berto was going to walk over Ortiz, and Ortiz won. But the pe- Showtime looked and was like, we ain't making no money. We signed Floyd for all these this money, and he, yeah, he's doing numbers, but Manny Pacquiao's doing numbers, yep. too. So he fought Canelo. And Canelo ended up they ended up busting records with Canelo, and then people went back and was like well, Canelo wasn't ready. Yes, he was. That's that's a dream. Like that's like Tia Fimo, what he did to Vasily Lomachenko. Same age. Exactly. People don't give Floyd credit for that.
1: Yep. They always Floyd try same to age as Loma, you know. Deal the same age as Canelo, which makes what Dio Fimo did insane.
2: It's insane. But I can see where people are looking at Canelo and they're just like. Like, again, this man is about to become undisputed champion at 68. Like, there is no real business when it comes to Canelo. There is no – I'm going to – I mean, outside of the Triple G fight, which I, I still to this day blame Golden Boy for how they handled that fight. Because if you look at how Golden Boy handled everything with Canelo, you can see that Canelo is so much happier without them. Can, there is nobody that Canelo doesn't want to fight. Oscar didn't want Canelo to fight certain fights at a certain time.
1: Yeah, but Oscar was more calculated.
2: Yeah. Canelo's not – there is no, like, Canelo's like, I'll fight him later. Canelo will fight them now. Like, this week, he said, yeah, I'll fight Triple G. Sure. Just yeah. put it on my contract. As long I'll as it's 168. Him. Let's get yeah. it. Yeah. And that's fair. And people are like, you should fight him at
1: 160. Yo, I told y'all, Canelo ain't make it 160. No, you know how comfortable he looked in the ring today? At weigh-ins, he's shredded. It, it just looks like he's no longer draining himself. He's not killing himself to make weight. This is his final form. If this is Dragon Ball Z, yeah,
2: this is it. We—that's what I wrote a column. This we are reaching his final form where this dude is about to make a ton of money and be the best fighter in the world. Saying he already has a ton of money, he's about to make a shipload more though. So I agree. (laughs) It's crazy. So so here's my next question, and this one is pretty easy. Where he's at right now, assuming he he unifies, he becomes undisputed sixty eight. Is he now the greatest Mexican fighter of all time? Well,
1: will he be? Yes, if he unifies, if he's undisputed, yes, he, yes, he will. And I, I told you there's an argument to be made already. He is the greatest, but I have an affinity for Julio Cesar Chavez. And, it, you know, the, but we the know part- the end of that story. That's yeah. that's the only thing that messes it up. No,
2: no, right? no. You, you know, what really messes it up. Like, you, if you really look at who, like, look, I love Chavez who as I got Chavez? older. I hated him when I was younger. Yeah. Love him as I got older, but the caveat with Chavez's record is he lost a sweepy. I don't care what anybody says, no big deal. <laughs> yeah, no big deal. He still won that paper. fight. Okay,
1: yeah.
2: but you go and look up and down his resume. Yo, he yeah. fought a lot of cab drivers. <laughs> like yo, that's, Chavez that's is crazy. Fair.
1: He fought a lot of cab drivers. But if you're fighting people every two months, you're in in the sport of boxing, like no. Like his first what, twenty six fights are like in Mexico. Like you stupid young. A lot of cab drivers. I get it. Tyson, people use the same argument. But I will say this. You never know what's going to happen in boxing. You never know when you throw on the gloves. Everyone can punch to a degree. You're always one punch away from losing. Even if you're fighting, quote unquote, cab drivers every two months, it's dangerous to fight anyone every two months. That's a lot of chances you are taking. So I give them credit for that. Like yeah, they're still cab you, fight, drivers, though. you fight every other week, even okay. Once you kind of rise from the land of cab drivers, even if they're mediocre fighters or decent fighters, and then you have to fight good fighters, you're you're fighting pretty frequently. Like to beat those guys, it still takes one hell, one hell of a fight.
2: No, I, so I get it. I mean, Carl Mazon as well. I mean, there there have been incredible Mexican fighters, and I you know dog. People Marquez. Marquez's resume is stupid. Yeah, the losses are just ugly. losses. yeah. I mean, he lost to Zaire Rahim, and I'll never forget that fight. And Zaire Rahim went out there and just stunk it up after that. But Marquez knocked out Pacquiao, dog, and gave him hell. That every the first fight. couple fights, <laughs> every fight he gave Pacquiao hell. I told you, I never had Pacquiao beating him.
1: Didn't give Floyd hell, no. Well, but again, go back to that fight. Yo, I don't think I've fight. watched that full fight again since. Go
2: back to that fight and look how small Marquez is. Gotta remember, he fought him at 47.
1: Marquez is like a 30-pounder. Yeah, but the Marquez that fought Pacquiao the last time at 47 was like super strong. But, I mean, yeah, back <laughs> and everything. But I'm just saying, when he fought Floyd, if you look
2: at that, like Floyd, Floyd and Canelo understood this as well. Once Floyd became the A-side, after you beat Oscar De La Hoya, Floyd dictated the terms on everything. Yep. When he fought Canelo, he drained him. Not that it would have really mattered, but the fact that he had that advantage, he used it. And he drained Canelo. And, you know, if Canelo had any chance, it was taken
1: away. Yep. That's just being the A-side. That's Which what is do. wild, though, because he gave Billy Joe Saunders, Canelo did, the 22-foot ring. But, and that's the difference between Canelo and Floyd. Mayweather would have never wilted. Mayweather didn't wilt on gloves. Like, yo, people are like, yo, you approved these gloves. No, I don't want those gloves. Motherfuckers have to change gloves. He, like, was go yeah, yeah, he, he would go. say go home. Yeah. He would say
2: go on and go home because yeah. we ain't got to do this. It'll hurt you more than me. But Canelo's yep. like, I got to fight for my people. Canelo's, he's he's wired different. Yeah. And I respect it.
1: But he I respect was his ass you know, in a big ring.
2: Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Like, he gave that man that advantage and then he beat the brakes off of him because he knew he could. Yeah. Floyd could do the same. Floyd could do the same to a lot of people. But Floyd's a businessman. And I, I have no problem with how Floyd handled his career. I don't. People yeah, do. do I. I don't. I, yeah. Is he better than Sugar Ray Robertson? No. No. He's better than Muhammad Ali? No. He didn't. He never really had the foil that really brought it. Like, if he fought three times against Pacquiao
1: in his prime, then we can have a conversation. Yep. But he didn't. And whatever. It is what it is. I just found, like, uh, off topic before we hit the break, I found, like, six – Sugar Ray Robinson, fights I had never seen in the ESPN archives this week. And I was uh, watching them. It was kind of, it made me sad. Because, again, I see if someone's like, yo, I've watched all these fights. Like, that's a lie, right? It's like the hardest, it's the the hardest film to get your hands on, probably in boxing, of any fighter. But the fights I had seen before, eight, you know, seven, eight fights when you can get, like, the full footage, like, those were still fights from his prime, right? The six fights I just watched, two were from early in his career, two is from where I consider his prime, and then two was after I think his business manager like, duped him, and he lost all his money. Yes. Like, millions, and had to come back and fight. And I was like, fuck. And he's still a great fighter, but he was it's just man it's tough to watch those fights because he was a brawler he couldn't move his feet anymore yeah and he was taking punishment i was like fuck man it, it gave me a one it gave me an appreciation of him as a fighter because he was still good enough when he didn't have those tools layoff was like something stupid like four years five years outside of boxing and then he returned but um it gave me another appreciation for ali So now I'm looking at it like, damn, is Ali my number one instead of Sugar Ray? Because Ali hit his setback, was out of the ring, came back. And I guess he wasn't as fast as when he left before either. No, he wasn't. So he had to do like the rope and dope shit. He had to do like a bunch of different stuff because his legs weren't like they were when he was younger. Or, you know, before he went to prison. But he was still so masterful after that. Ray Robinson never really got back to, I'd say Ali got back to what, like 85, 90%. Ray Robinson got back to like 60%. Yeah. So it was, it's crazy to dive into history and like actually watch that stuff unfold. So yeah, my, my top all-time list, Ali's at two. He might start climbing. Might be one A, one B, but I still love Sugar Ray Robinson. To watch him fight is incredible.
2: Motherfucker father, Everybody every literally several and times like, and if you beat him yeah. we're running it back It's like cool let's do it again <laughs> and he was so gifted like between watching him and if you find any old video of henry armstrong you're like man yeah henry armstrong is so damn good it's like god damn and the thing about ali is like he, he what made him so great is he was a heavyweight but he moved like a lightweight and he had this incredible jab and i always like i would
1: say like you never went to the body he just beat <laughs> the shit out of people. Yeah, it's crazy. It especially was when he slowed down. When he slowed down, you would think he he developed that. Ray Robinson had a mean mean oh, left hook to the body. He he was disrespectful with the body Oh, oh my god! It it was like watching a bigger Lomachenko. It was,
2: it was just wild, disrespectful to the body size. But you know, I think Floyd can. Floyd calls himself the best ever, and I don't mind him saying that because. No. That's it's never it's legacy he's the best is not of his what it's
1: generation.
2: About. Yeah, legacy is just it, that's not that important to him. Being rich and having all his faculties is important to him, and I'm not mad at him for doing that. I just listen to people be like, "Yo, no, he's he chasing money now," and he made a funny point. I don't know if anybody see the Bill, Gilly the Kid show where Floyd was like, "Do y'all be criticizing Bill Gates when he keeps making money?" This is what I do, yeah. and it's easy work. Why wouldn't I like? And you're right. We don't criticize white people when they continue to make billions of dollars. No. Nope. Floyd's gonna make a ton of money and doesn't have to get hurt doing so. Why are we mad at him? The why is he gotta be Rolling Stones tour until they're 80? Yeah, like we've never nobody's ever said Mick Jagger's hurting for cash. No, stop stop playing music. Yeah, nobody says that. But every time Floyd fights they go, he must need money. No, he wants money. Yeah. Big
1: yeah. difference. Everyone wants it. If they're just giving it to you, you'd be an idiot not to do.
2: Yeah, like listen, man, Floyd's fighting Logan Paul. Yeah. And he's gonna get him, he's gonna get more money than any boxer, maybe outside of Canelo and Anthony Joshua. He probably made more than them too. Yeah, with with however his deal structured. Oh yeah, easy. What, what he's supposed to say no? Are you stupid? Like if, listen, Kel, I'm not, you know, let me try. I'm trying to think. What am, what am I the best at? What 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 can I do? And then they can bring somebody that sucks at it and they tell me, well, you can. You can
1: do that against him and me. Honestly, like say we we do this podcast for another 10 years. Say we go on like a PTI run or something, right? And like we go, we're on TV, we get like a PTI run, we're doing the podcast, blah, blah, blah. Cool, we do it for 10 years. We decide to hang it up. So it's the last episode of the Corner Podcast after 16 years. Thank you, everyone. We appreciate you guys. And then you're like, okay, cool. I'm just going to write. I'm never going to podcast again. Fuck it. I retired from podcasting. You know, I'm just going to be a writer like I was earlier. I'm not going to be on TV or anything. Cool. You're going about your life. And then someone's like, you know what, Dre? We just want you to do one more podcast. Even You know what? It's not with Kel because you, you retired. I understand that. And we're not getting that back together. But you just got to do a podcast. <laughs> oh, my God. I almost let a name slip out my mouth. <laughs> you got to do a podcast <laughs> with this random Joe Blow. <laughs> Shout out to the group chat. <laughs> Oh, you got to do a podcast oh, no. with
2: this random joke. You know, what you, you, know what you give you a right? million dollars. You know, you know how many people, because I just, I got a lot of questions <laughs> from the last podcast after opening up saying, people ask me questions. So a lot of people send me questions. Everybody's going to ask me who, I'm talking, who we're talking about now. <laughs> oh, it brings a tear in my eye, though. Oh, oh, I'm never going to yeah. tell y'all. We're yo, never going to tell y'all. No, that
1: that y'all. stays in the Rat Pack group <laughs> chat. Uh, but they're like, yo, we'll give you a million dollars, like, Five years after we decided never podcast again to do a podcast with this person, are you gonna be like no? no i like, do it, Dre. That podcast isn't as good as the corner. You motherfucker, they
2: give me a million dollars. I'm going to do it. Like I'm it damn well better do it. Yeah, it, it, unless it's going to come, and it can't, man.
0: They do no They
1: they could give you a podcast with a TikToker who doesn't know anything about boxing for a million dollars. You better do that damn podcast. It's 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 an hour out of my time, like. Floyd
2: didn't train for Connor. No. I've said this before he didn't train. He would they'd be like media day and Floyd be like, all right, let me let me go and show these people what I can do. And then he just like he eat a hamburger or something. Like he didn't train for Connor. He stayed in shape, but he didn't train for Connor. You think he's training for Logan Paul? No. I mean, God just stays in shape anyway. Like he does what he normally does, but he's not. He'll, he spars because that's what he does. He's doing what he normally does. It's funny because Canelo said the same thing. Why wouldn't I fight every two months? I'm training anyway. Why yeah. don't I just beat these people up? Yeah. That, Floyd does the same thing. He goes to the gym. He puts on the headgear, beats some people up, and goes home. And Somebody said, hey, you can beat this guy up who really sucks for $100, $200 million. He's supposed to say, no, 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 I'm keeping my integrity. Get the fuck out of here. No. Nah.
1: My bank account has no integrity so that's where we end that all right let's hit our last break so we come back wrap it up with ufc man i'm still recovering from that joke that should hurt my heart Uh, you guys don't go anywhere we'll be
0: we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed
1: Right back after this. We'll get right back to the show in a second, but first the wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be able to be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. BetOnline is going an extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads to totals to teams, player and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, divisions, and championship futures all day every day. Head to BetOnline today and take advantage of all the great
2: signup bonuses. Don't forget to use code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts.
1: What up, everybody? We are back. Fuck it, I can't stop laughing. <laughs> we, are, we are back though from the break. Oh. What I tell you, it was so funny during this past break. Oh, man, you guys will never hear it, but it is hilarious. I got to collect myself. So UFC, UFC had a card going on same time as Canelo fight, everything else from the Apex. Lost a lot of fights on this card. They talked about a lot of them last week, but it continued this week. Angie Hill, uh, her fight was taken off of the card due to the her opponent catching the Rona. So she was out. Um, someone passed out on the scales damn near. So another fight left. The card, what was left of it, wasn't very entertaining at all. No. But it was one, two, three, six fights on the main card. Nine in total. Quick night. And the main card really wants to touch on that, really matter. Um, Neil Magny, decision win over Jeff Neal. Continues to just do it. I keep picking against his ass. He keeps making me wrong.
2: Just keep keep picking against him. You can't. You got to keep the gimmick up now. I'm going to keep it up, too. I'm just never going to pick him.
1: <laughs> just going to stick. Until him. he wins the title. Yeah, I'm just <laughs> never going to pick him. Nah, um, I think Kamaya said you want to fight him next, and Magny was like, let's go. So Sure, why not? And I'm going to pick against him next. So. Yeah, he, he's losing now. He ain't going to make me look like an idiot that time. Um, mm-hmm. Cowboy Cerrone gets knocked out first round by late, 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 late a replacement. Alex Alex Morano. I mean, it might be it for the old Cowboy. He immediately
2: said that it's not over and that when it is, he will tell everybody before he makes his walk. But listen, guys. It might be that next fight. If you look at Cowboy in this fight and his inability to take a punch, Cowboy isn't, he's, this is, he's on six in a row without a win. Makes that, that Connor win look real funny in the light, don't it?
1: It really does. I mean, at least Connor did it with some speed.
2: I'm just saying, like, he got him out of there in the first round.
1: Yeah. I mean, as soon as you touch Cowboy's chin, it's over now.
2: It, it, he's done, man. The man is not the same. No. he's. I mean, there is such a thing as being battle-worn. Like, he's he's worn out. It's over. He's going to get hurt. That's the oh, next yeah. step. The next step is him getting hurt. And it's not him, man. He likes to fight, so I'm not going to say I don't want to see him get hurt. I don't want to see him get hurt, but he wants to see himself get hurt. I can't stop him.
1: This Dana's buddy. Dana got to save him from himself sooner or later. Yeah, Or he needs an extended layoff. Like, yo, you got to go away for a year and a half. Like, like, the chin never recovers, but just in case it does, you got to go away for a year and a half. Yeah, Um, something. It's rough. Uh, Marina Rodriguez in the main event beats Michelle Watterson, but good fight. I I think Marina won the first two rounds convincingly. The third... um, it was a good trade-off, and then Michelle Watterson gets takes downs um, towards the end of the fight to make it close, but not enough to win that late, but it shows that Marina needs a ground game.
2: Yeah, she. I mean, she's a great pressure fighter. She's so good striking, but it's not going to win this division. Not this competitive ass division, so.
1: Yeah, know. that's tough, but it's a good win. Better main event than it had any uh, business being, to be honest. So they really helped that card.
2: Yeah, that's fine.
1: Yep, well, delivered. At the end of it, and then now we have a pay per view coming up. Next oh wait, week. no! Before we even talk about that, did you watch Rumble? Oh yes, Rumble Johnson. I need his workout plan. <laughs> that man was like three twenty last year, just gigantic. And we saw him separating people, like when there was like a fake fight or something. Yeah. Um. And he was like playing, a yeah, playing the bodyguard role, and then now it looks like he's damn near middleweight but he is shredded at light heavy 205 comes back in and rumble does rumble things, gets the knockout. And I was like, well, I'm not surprised. But boy, he was in trouble in that fight. Yeah. I mean, it took a, took
2: a little while to get his wits about him. He was in trouble. I was like, yo, this is what I was thinking. As soon as rumble got rocked, he escaped the rear naked choke, which I, that's when I thought the fight was going to be over. And I was like, Oh no. Bellator strikes again, right? <laughs> <laughs> they put somebody else in there that, that they think is going to do something. They lose. But fortunately, Rumble wins. He's fighting Nadine yet. The champion. It, that's it, that's a good
1: fight. That's but, tough. That's tough but, out the gun.
2: Yeah, but, but for the hot second, I was like, oh, no, Bellator, not again. But, you know, they, they, they survived.
1: Yeah, That would have
2: been catastrophic.
1: They all are. <laughs> uh, but that leads itself for a big fight here in the upcoming months. Um, MVP kicked someone's nose in. <laughs> oh, my God. That shit was ridiculous, too, on that Bellator card. <laughs> like, yeah. smashed his nose straight flat against his face. He gave he the man, was, you know, Tiny Harris nose. He told that man, <laughs> wow. bringing
2: <laughs> Bring it in full circle, baby. <laughs> he told him, man he didn't need that, man. You
1: don't need that nose you don't need that easy one yeah mvp is very good against mediocre fighters
2: yeah just average
1: yeah. fighters like the guy's wildly
2: entertaining yeah like he fights the you give him the right opponent he's gonna look fantastic but yeah.
1: you know just just let him live there i don't need him with the title no. he, he's like the bray wyatt of mma
2: or he could figure it out and go on a crazy run but you know
1: we'll see we I shall guess. see. Um, UFC 262, though, like we're getting into, comes up this weekend. I'm trying to make sure nothing on the prelims that, like, really excite me. Uh, Jacare is on the prelim. Damn, All
2: I'm right. Still with the UFC.
1: Uh, this, this is one of those, like, yo, you lose, you get cut fights. Yeah, yeah. Just because he makes a lot, and I thought he's washed.
2: Yeah, losing go to PFL. It's not just Bellator tour anymore. Yep. So, yeah, he who is he fighting? I don't even remember. He is fighting Andre
1: Muniz. Oh, it's
2: not a bad fight,
1: actually. No, it's pretty good. I mean, um, Andre has six-inch reach advantage. Like, it, it's going to be tough for Jacare if this don't go to the ground. It's a three-round yeah. fight. So, to to yeah, two takedowns, he could win that fight. Um, the main card, though, kicks off with – and this is another one that kind of – It's lackluster for a pay-per-view, but maybe one of those pay-per-views that deliver in uh, finishes. But we have Shane Burgos versus Edson Barbosa to kick it off. I really like that fight. That is is a really good fight. It's Um, violence. It's definitely going to be violence. Gosh. I'm just going to pick
2: Barbosa just because I feel like there's got to be something left.
1: Yeah, Barbosa... Has won one fight since December 2018.
2: That's not very good.
1: No, but he got stopped by Kevin Lee in 2018. Lost to Paul Felder. Stopped by Justin Gaethje. um, Lost to Dan Edge. So he's had a tough road. Um, So give me Shane Burgos in that fight. Even though I hope Barbosa wins, I mean I like Barbosa. He's just—he's always too kick dependent. Live by the kick, die yeah. by the kick. It's—it's it's very tough to win fights like that um, nowadays. And then second fight, Caitlin Trukagian versus Vivian Arroyo. I don't know much about Arroyo, so give me Trukagian just because I've seen her fight a lot. Yeah. Oh, Arroyo just beat Mataferry.
2: Yeah,
1: Chukeyan's. Chukagian is like,
2: she's, how do I say this? I'm not sold on her, but I just didn't know the other chick. <laughs> she's ranked, she's number two in the division. The problem is the division is kind of weak. So her number two doesn't look all that great. No. And it's very right for somebody else to take that spot. So I'm going to pick a ruler to take her spot. How about that?
1: Okay. But I mean, the last yeah. time I saw Kaylin, she did beat Cynthia Cavillo
2: yeah, so. I mean, as long as you stop Calvillo from taking you down, you'll win the fight.
1: That's that's all that is. Also very true. And then fight at night for me, Jack Hermanson versus Edmund Shabazian. Yeah. Edmund's Ed, bouncing back; he's going to be angry. He needs he needs it bad. I don't. I mean, yeah, I guess when you're that young, you always need it bad, right? But losing to Derek Brunson, getting knocked out by Derek Brunson, was a shocker.
2: Stop feeding yeah, prospects
1: to Derek Brunson.
2: Yeah, it's, it's, uh, that's what I'm saying. Edmund needs this fight bad because he's young and he has an ego and he still looks like a star. And taking another L right now, everybody can't beat Aaron, be Aaron Pico, who seems like he's finally coming back. I was about to say, losses.
1: yeah, Aaron Pico was similar.
2: Yeah, and Hermanson is a guy who's, I mean, he's tough, man. He lost to Vittori, but Vittori's getting a title shot. But he he wrapped up Gaslam real quick. Yep. <sighs> I'm but I also Basian. seen him
1: get wrecked by Jared Cannonier.
2: That's what I'm saying. So I'm gonna picture Shebazi that as long as he can Edmund can keep his back off the mat.
1: If he gets taken down, he's gonna be in trouble. Oh, definitely. You're getting subbed if yeah. that's how it goes. So yeah, keep it standing. I like Edmund in that fight. I like Edmund to win by like crazy KO. So um, not that Hermancy gets stopped a lot. I just think Edmonds he needs that. He needs to put on a show and have that highlight on his reel. And then the new co-main, Tony Ferguson versus Benil Dariush. I think Ferguson is washed. Give me Dariush. And that's hard to say, but, I mean, Dariush is on a three, no, five.
2: He hasn't lost since. Five fight.
1: Yeah, five fight winning streak. His last loss was a knockout to Alexander Hernandez. I'm going to pick Tony
2: first. Here's why. I've always been critical of Tony Ferguson's rise, right? I, I kept saying, i like, who does he beat? Who do you beat? Yep. But this is somebody that he should beat. Benil Darius is a guy he should beat. Losing to Charles Oliveira, no big shocker. Title no. contender. Losing to Justin Gaethje, hey, wrong fight. I said it from the beginning, wrong fight for Tony Ferguson. That was just an absolute, the wrong opponent. Darius is the right opponent. Darius doesn't hit as hard. He's a good wrestler, but Ferguson is just freaky enough and – and awkward enough on the ground and in the stand-up, they should be able to win this fight. If he loses this fight, then I'll call him washed. I don't think he's washed yet. I think he's taken a lot of damage from the Gaethje fight. Oliveira just looked fantastic. Can't do nothing about that. But I think he wins this fight. I think Ferguson gets back on the winning road, and uh, you know he may never be the title contender that he once was, but I think he gets a
1: win here against their leaders. Okay, You mentioned main event, Charles Oliveira versus Michael Chandler for the title. It's very odd that those are the two guys you end up having in your title fight, but whatever. So those two going for the belt that Habib has now vacated. So, shit, Oliveira's looks so good. Uh, Give me Charles Oliveira to win. That's tough because Michael Chandler is a beast. But I don't know. Oliveira's been here longer in this level of competition. Like Chandler came in, wrecked Dan Hooker, and it was like, oh, okay, give him the title shot. Like I always expect these guys who come from other promotions to trip up early. So there's still that chance. Give me Oliveira. So I'm in the middle tonight. as, As soon as this podcast is
2: done, I'm doing my by the numbers on this fight. And I found a few very interesting things. Charles Oliveira has the most finishes in UFC history. 16. Jesus.
0: Charles Oliveira,
2: all time. Him and Calvin. Nope. All time. Oh, DuBronx is no joke. (laughs) Charles Oliveira is sixth with 18 wins. Sixth all time. He has 27 UFC fights. 27 UFC fights. Michael Chandler has 27 career fights. Damn. Charles Oliveira is 31, I think. Charles Oliveira needed 27 fights to get his first title shot. This is going to be a by the numbers piece. It took him 27 fights to get one title shot. Michael Chandler has one UFC fight.
1: <laughs> He's getting a title shot. It's cold it's blooded.
2: So disrespectful.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oliveira's only thirty-one. Jesus, yeah. twenty-seven UFC fights by the age of thirty-one is insane. Twenty-seven UFC fights, eighteen wins, sixteen
2: finishes, two point eight submissions per fight. Also, which is a crazy stat. This is a this is a crazy one. Is that aside from Olivera having the record for finishes, he is uh, his he has the most submission victories of all time at four, fourteen. Oh, I thought that was the case. Yeah, I was about to say yes to have the submissions. But here's the crazy thing: he has fourteen. And this is in my by the numbers. You're going to hear all this as soon as this comes out. He's only attempted thirty-five submissions. Only attempted, which means that if he attempts a submission, about forty percent sure he's going to get in finish you.
1: Yeah, damn near fifty. Fifteen percent chance mean, you're going night night.
2: That's insane. And Olivera has stopped everybody except for Tony Ferguson since losing to god damn it i can't remember um
1: but he's on a run like a deep run he's all Felder. Run.
2: now on the flip side of this
1: yeah felder was the one who beat him by right? knockout in 2017 on the
2: flip side of this i mentioned Ch- chandler's 22 and 5 he <laughs> he's only been going to decision five times right damn he has 10 knockouts to seven submissions. But 13 of his finishes have come in the first round. That's stupid. Chandler finishes people quick. So this ain't going, this ain't
1: going the distance, is what you're this telling me.
2: Is the way that I'm looking at this fight, it's not going the distance. Between Oliveira's propensity to submit you and Chandler's propensity to knock you out in the first round, it's a five-round fight. I can't see this thing going the distance. The question is, because Chandler's lost to Will Brooks twice, yep. Brett Primus when he got injured, Pitbull when he annihilated him, and I can't remember who else he lost to. Two, four, that's, that's
1: four. No, that's four. I don't know who his last one is.
2: It was, some, it was somewhere early in his Bellator career. But that's, that's it. That's who he's lost to. But he lost to Will Brooks twice. Will Brooks is a wrestler who stopped him the second time. I think that Child Oliveira, if he can if he can stay out of the way of Chandler's power for the first round, he'll submit him. And Chandler uh, doesn't really get submitted. But Chandler no, gets finished.
1: Because his wrestling skills are pretty damn good.
2: Yeah. I just want like five rounds is a long time to deal with somebody who Chandler, I mean, uh Oliveira doesn't finish people in the first round. Kind of wears you down.
1: Oh, so looking at this now. We have Chandler's three losses all came back to back to back in Bellator. Mm-hmm. Um, those early losses. All three straight title fights. Lost to Eddie Alvarez. That's it, Eddie Alvarez. Split decision. And then Alvarez uh, got hurt. He went for the interim belt against Will Brooks. Lost a split decision. And then came back and got knocked out by Will Brooks.
2: And knocked out by Will Brooks is not in the UFC anymore.
1: No. Now. Late knockout.
2: Yeah. Chandler has been on an incredible tear lately, right? Knocked out Benson Henderson, knocked out Dan Hooker. It's just crazy because neither of these guys are one or two in this yep. division. But I just I I'm picking Oliveira here because I think he'll be smart enough to survive the first round. And I don't think Chandler is going to finish him late in the fight. Could be totally wrong. This is a toss-up fight. But I think Oliveira's improved so much. And to be only 31 is crazy. Yeah, that's insane. It's, I think it's, it might be Oliveira's time. And the given channel of this fight, because like Eddie Alvarez, who did eventually win the title, they're like, hey, we just got to put you in the title scene now. We don't want to waste any time. Yep. So he might go out there and lose. It's okay. He could win. But I'm pick, I'm picking Charles Alvarez.
1: Yeah. What's uh, the over-under Or do we or do we not see the package starring Michael Chandler and his black son?
2: Lord Jesus. I didn't (laughs)
1: even. Oh, man.
2: You know, I don't know what the odds are. I don't want to see that thing, man. I, I really don't. I hope they I hope they don't play that
1: shit. Oh, oh you know it. They do to play that every fight. Yeah. Uh, so that is our UFC predictions for this weekend. Later on in the week, we'll be coming back to you guys talking about pro wrestling. Plenty of talk about there, especially with AEW and Blood and & Guts happening last weekend. Some stuff going down on the WWE main mm-hmm. roster as well. We're preparing for WWE... Uh, WrestleMania Backlash. Yeah. So we'll we'll have that for you in our predictions for that card. So we appreciate you guys sticking around today. It's been a long night covering fights. So we appreciate um, you guys listening. We wanted to knock this out early so everyone can enjoy Mother's Day tomorrow. Shout out to all the mothers listening. If you are, shout out to everyone that has someone in their life. You know, obviously your mother, your grandmother, um, a wife, anyone shout out to all the mothers out there all greatly appreciated make sure you guys follow us on social media at corner podcast underscore on twitter at corner club for life on instagram catch me at Kel Dansby, him at andres hill on all platforms we appreciate all of you enjoy this weekend we'll be back later in the week for right now though we're out peace this is the story of the one as head of maintenance at a concert hall he knows the show must always go on that's why he works behind the scenes